Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade. Helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. G'day, Coxie. G'day, Wazza. That was very ochre of you, Coxie. Well, I'm practicing my ochre before you move to Convictville. Convictville. <laughs> I described my complexion the other day to somebody else who has a very fair complexion like mine as the convict complexion. I would have said pasty. Pasty, I think, is more unkind than the convict <laughs> complexion. That's what I was <laughs> Just going quietly. For. <laughs> uh, so... It's, it's apt that we talk about migration. I just knew that you would find a segue there. Oh, that's what I do best. Mm. Well, it's, well, it's what I do most frequently. It's not necessarily best. No. G'day, listeners. Welcome to the Tradies in Business radio show. Da-na-na. On podcast. Na-na-na. On Spotify and iTunes. Na-na-na. And uh, apart from the weird dramatic music Na-na-na. provided by my co-host here, Nicole... <laughs> Uh, we're talking about something else dramatic today, and that is the Great Northern Virus. COVID 19 Yes, coronavirus, <coughs> which has been around before um, as SARS mm-hmm. and MERS mm-hmm. were the uh, last two big incantations globally. Uh, so it's not totally new that no. we would have a pandemic. Um, We've had them before in our time, have we not? Yeah. And before us was the Black Plague. And the Spanish Flu. And the Bubonic Plague. Mm. Well, were they the same thing, the Black Plague and the Bubonic Plague? I wasn't, I'm not that old. No, I'm close. Anyway, so we have this thing called coronavirus. It's got nothing to do with the uh, the pasty blonde-coloured beer. Um, now, the reason we want to talk about it is not to actually give any medical advice. I just want to make that clear from the outset. <laughs> uh, whether you're worried about it or not, that's not what this conversation is about this conversation is more about are you ready for not the coronavirus with all of your toilet paper and your tinned food but for the economic fallout of the panic actually i can't think of another way to put it i don't agree with you panic you and i disagree slightly on this issue (laughs) Slightly, as in massively. No, I don't think we disagree massively. But I don't, I'm, my concern is not with the panic, mostly because I always have a well-stocked cupboard, but my concern is with the spread of the virus and what that will mean for our economy. Now, I'm not talking about deaths because coronavirus has a 2% mortality rate, uh, which is extraordinarily low. I'm talking to other... Um, pandemics that we've seen. Most definitely. Uh, SARS, I think, was like nine and a half. No, I think it was 12. It was It was a lot more anyway. Mm. It was probably almost triple. But not so, so, again, not in terms of deaths, but in terms of illness and how many people are likely, in inverted air quote commas, to be ill at the same time and what that then means for our economy which I think is what the government is actually worried about. And that's, but that's what I'm talking about in terms of panic. So the, the panic is going to have an economic impact. Whether or not it's because people are catching the virus or not doesn't actually really matter. I can't understand where you're coming from now. But that, that panic is going to... You know, if people are spending all their money on toilet paper and 
tin tomatoes, mm. they're probably going to hold off on retiling their bathroom. Most definitely. Or getting whirlybirds installed in their roof or extending the deck or whatever. So this is this thing I reckon this is going to be a lot like the last federal election in that it just pretty much puts the brakes on everything because people are waiting to see. Sorry to cut you off. No, that's okay. I also think we're probably underestimating the shortage of, let's just term it right down to tradies, available building products, supplies and materials. Well, you won't be able to get loo paper for the site toilet. <laughs> but anything that's coming from overseas is likely to be at least delayed, Yeah. if not out of stock for a seriously long period of time. Yeah. And I wonder what sort of import restrictions we might see on things like vehicles and yes. those sorts of things coming from overseas. I mean, there's a lot of stuff yet to roll out with this, particularly here in Australia, being somewhat more isolated. I think uh, Europe and, and those sorts of countries are seeing the impacts... A lot quicker than we are, fortunately for us here in uh, Aussie land. And I think if we, you know, it's fun to write off the impact of the virus and say it's no worse than the common flu, and that's fine, but I think it would be foolish to think that this uh, global shock is not going to have an effect on the Australian economy. And on people's spending habits, and you know, we know that emotion drives spending. So it's, uh, <laughs> you know, if there's a cyclone, people will sit on their wallets and wait and see what happens. If there's an election, we've seen it happen. So we kind of we have some really good uh, past experiences with Australian consumer behaviour mm. facing any sort of um, crisis or scare, the recent bushfires in 2019, 20, through the summer, um, you know, apart from the actual loss of property and everything and the disruption to transport and all those sorts of things, people are just, they're scared. Um, They're worried, they're anxious, they're maybe a little doubtful, you know, the broad spectrum of emotions. And when people are like that, when consumers are in that place, they're much tighter with their dollars. Hmm. There's a reason why the Reserve Bank has just lowered the interest rate again. And it's not to be nice to us. <laughs> it's to stimulate the economy they know is about to dip. Ooh, so I should go buy some real estate. Give it six months. I think you'll snap up a bargain. Be cheap. <laughs> now I'm glad that I'm still renting. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good, good time to be in your position, I think. I do think that we are going to see... Some potentially very bumpy times ahead over the next 12 months. Okay, so that all sounds really worrying and bad for our listeners. Sure. Is there any... Are we going to talk anything positive about this, Coxie? Let's talk about how to prepare. Ooh, let's put together the disaster kit. No. So the first thing you need is 50 rolls of toilet paper. Do you know, I grew up with a... um, uh, what is the word? Doomsday prepper. You're giving me a look here. Like, was the toilet paper thing is wearing really thin? Yes, it and is. And that's really bad. You're going to put your fingers thin. <laughs> <laughs> but I did grow up with a doomsday prepper uh, who was the daughter of um, two. My grandparents were World War II um, survivors. Oh, so, and the Great Depression kind of era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, every time there was a storm, we'd be taping windows and filling the bath up with water. Crikey. So that was my childhood. I, yeah. And we're not, a, I'm not alone. And I, particularly when I talk to a lot of um, 
immigrant children or grandchildren, they're very much the same, right? Yeah. Because we've yep. all been brought up on some sense of fear because of what our grandparents went through. And you just, in from my personal perspective, mm. hit the nail on the head, it is the F word. Mm. Very much so. Fear. So, we make jokes about it now. I, and in fact, we've had some very big jokes this week because finally my mother's been proven to be correct. As the doomsday prepper, she's always told us to have plenty of potatoes and rice. And guess what you can't buy in the shop this week? Potatoes and rice. Still plenty of bacon. <laughs> but, it, it, you know, when, from my point of view, as the child of a doomsday prepper, that's the only way I could term mum, mm. uh, these times could be very triggering for me. Mm. They're not. Well, I'm, I'm sorry I've be. been so insensitive then, Nicole. Oh, you're so kind. If only I could believe you. I'm being authentic. Mm. I'm not even using a crazy accent. You're laughing at me with your eyes. I'm, I'm trying to project <laughs> kind energy towards you. Oh, is that what that looks like? Because my I I grew up in uh, southeast Queensland, and even in the 80s, I remember the whole cyclone threat. Yeah, it was real. Fear. Yeah, absolutely. And we probably had less cyclones come south then than we have in the last 10 years. Yeah. Uh, and I remember Dad getting mattresses. Really? And putting them on top of the pool table downstairs and getting areas ready for us to go crawl under when the cyclone came. So I've lived in far north Queensland and lived through a couple of cyclones and uh, certainly there were times when you would go into the bathroom and hide. Yeah. But nothing like that. And yeah. that's in Cairns. Yeah. Well, I'm talking like Sunshine Coast. Yeah. <laughs> but my, my dad was v- the same. You know, he he was born in the early 40s. Um, his his parents, my grandparents, went through the war. Yeah. Um, I've got great uncles that flew in bombers and, you know, they, they just, they spent time in PNG as a family in, the, you know, post-war recovery buildings um, in the building industry. So... They really did grow up, and they're a very poor family, so they grew up with a lot of that depression mm. um, from the 30s mentality. And I and I think there's still a lot of us around who are touched by that headspace. Yes. So I guess, um, you know, preparing for the impact of coronavirus, not the health stuff, but the economic stuff, the, the consumer behavior stuff, what can we even do about it, though? That's, that's probably what a lot of people are thinking. It's a really, really good question. And rather than stockpile your materials and get ready to be, continue to work, we need to understand there's going to be a downturn and there's going to be a, 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 a shortage of work at one point or another, whether that be because consumers don't want to spend or because you don't have the products to do the job. So one way or another, there's going to be a downturn and that's what we need to start looking towards. And something that I've seen... Um, my business, I started my new business as it was back then uh, in 2008 as a business coach, mm-hmm. just as the GFC <laughs> hit Australia. <laughs> and my my own personal property shed 32% in capital value mm-hmm. in two years, uh, which, you know, was a bit tough with business loans and those sorts of things sure. uh, that were all secured against that property. Uh, I had... Sh- you know, shares in my super fund sold down by the fund manager. I lost tens of thousands of dollars. Um, it was a perfect year to start a new business. Of course it is. <laughs> With no customers. Especially as a business coach. But something I've seen through probably, you know, two major recessions in Australia, the GFC, um, the GST coming in, Y2K, all of these disasters that I've sort of lived through and, and been in business through, what I notice is that um, rather than 
needing to have great wads of cash put aside to get through these crises. The thing that I've noticed show up as a pattern, I'll be interested to hear your thoughts on this, Coxie, Mm. is the business owners that actually survive and even thrive in those times, what they do is they actually recognize that the things that become critical is financial reporting in their own business and marketing Mm. and margins and team productivity and team morale Mm -hmm. and leadership and all the stuff that you and I bang on about now in, you know, what are essentially good times. We're banging on about all this stuff in the trade desk and the drawing board and we're working on it at a high level with our tradiepreneurs. Um, During these crises, I think that's where business owners really need to double down their efforts not racing around buying tin tomatoes or stockpiling materials or laying off staff Mm. and that might be the reality for some of us in business over the coming six to 12 months as the ripple effect um, kicks in but actually knowing your numbers and and having a really good handle on your business means you can make quick decisions yes and not get caught up in the hype and the panic absolutely that's that's what i've noticed over the last sort of 20 years 25 years in business i don't disagree with you knowledge is power always so just like understanding exactly what the virus is and what impact it might have on us from a health perspective we need to understand the same sort of perspective for our business and it's impossible for you to know that if you don't know your numbers no. If you don't know what your bottom line is, if you don't know what your break-even point is, if you don't know what money you're making on a job or how much you need to charge to actually make some money, you are going to be in trouble. There's no two ways about it. Because how can you make decisions about, well, should I be worried? Should yes. I be doing something different? Or is it just business as usual without having access to all of that information? Exactly. So that's one part, right? Understanding your numbers is probably the biggest part. In mm-hmm. business, full stop. And if we're very frank here and we do that frequently, <laughs> regardless of what happens next, you as a business owner should understand your financial reporting. You should understand your numbers. You should know your bottom line. You should understand what your next three months look like. Because you know what? You can tell right now. I can tell you what our three months is going to look like. Mm. I know exactly, almost to the dollar, what it's going to look like. You can do the same. And if you're scratching your head right now wondering, well, I don't even, I've not booked anything in for the next three months, you can still tell. It's not hard. Yeah. It sounds scary. I understand that. Money's always an uncomfortable issue to look at. But with the power of the knowledge, you can make the decisions that see you right through a difficult time or a flourishing time. How many times was have you seen our clients make poor decisions in flourishing times because they haven't thought ahead? Yeah. And look, I've been caught this same way in my own businesses over the years. Mm. A couple of times where I get into that mentality of things will always be this way. Yes, of course. I'll always make this amount of money. I'll always have this amount of inquiries. Uh, I'll always be this profitable. Mm. Um, my team will always work effectively. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of my businesses uh, a bunch of years ago, I had uh, 13 staff and I had two business partners. And we we kind of got caught. Of course. Because the markets changed. Yep. Uh, we were in finance. And uh, there were some big legal cases that came to the fore with particular investment strategies and stuff. Now, we hadn't done anything wrong but that heavily impacted people's Mm -hmm. trust in the finance industry of course um and we we really did it tough for a while and um had to downsize and had to make some tough decisions and that actually all came from really doubling down on our scrutiny of well how are we going 
and what is working and who's not productive on the team. And it sucks to let a, a person go from of your course. team during those times mm. because it's hard for them to then go and be re-employed. Mm. And, you know, if, if your hand is trapped under a rock and there's no help, do you just stay there and die to save the hand but you kill the whole body or do you chop no, off the hand to save the body? You get your pocket knife out all grizzly and, and you, you just hack it you off, hack Bear grill style. Yep, like that guy. Who I read the story of that guy, yeah. Ugh. That's hardcore. But, you know, there's some other numbers you need to know in your business that have nothing to do with the financials. Mm-hmm. They, you really do. Can you believe it? Are there others? Yes. You <laughs> need to understand what marketing source is working best for you. Ah, yes. Do you track? Do you know how many leads you convert? Do you understand where your leads are coming from? Mm. Do you have a regular numbers game that you're checking in with on a weekly basis? So pretty much it's, <laughs> I mean, this is like our own magic pill. I know. For uh, coronavirus. Yes. Is go back to the basics in your business because that's going to give you the information to make good decisions. And I believe most of our listeners given the right information, could make good decisions. Oh, most definitely. It's what's lacking in a lot of uh, trade business owners' ability to improve their business is not a lack of skills in marketing or a lack of desire to do more or to employ people. It's not actually having access to the information. As you said, Coxie, you know, knowledge is power. The application of that is what really Mm. puts that power into play um, and allows you to make decisions about, well, you know what? We're actually going okay. Mm. Uh, what if we upped our marketing and took the opportunity in a tough marketplace to really leverage the fantastic customer base we've built and the fact that we're getting 72% of our inquiries from past customers? What else can we do to market to past customers and make sure they stay with us and even, dare I say it, leverage the coronavirus mm-hmm. to grow your business? At a time like this. So there's a couple of points I want to say off the back of that. One of them is there will always be customers. It does not matter how tough the economy becomes. Is that the right way to term that? Yes. It doesn't matter how tough it is. There will still be customers. There will still be players out there looking to spend money with a business. This <sighs> is the time for it to be your business. Yeah. And what you're doing right now in the th- second week of March will actually impact how you find your way through this crisis. Yeah. And will people perhaps delay certain decisions and spending in the construction or trades? Yeah. There'll Mm. be consumers that go, you know what? Let's not put the pool in until after this all dies down. But guess what they'll do after it all dies down? (laughs) They will come back (laughs) to doing those things. You know, we saw this with the federal election last year. Yes. In 2019. Um Lots of businesses were hurting bad because, well, they hadn't planned for it. Mm -hmm. They weren't prepared for it. They didn't Mm -hmm. have the disaster plan. They didn't have a $10,000 war chest in their business Mm -hmm. because they hadn't managed their cash flow because they didn't actually know the difference between cash and accrual accounting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's probably our webinar the other night. Um, And so they got caught with their pants down because the economy slowed more Mm. than they'd even imagined it could have. But there were other businesses who were already putting a fence around their customers and staying in touch with them. And guess what happened towards the back end of 2019 for a lot of trades? Business picked up. Sure, it was like a tsunami. It It just rolled on. Because consumers went, oh, 
Everything's going to be Liberals the same. Liberals back in. Okay, yep. nothing's changed. That's right. Quick, let's get the pool done before Christmas. <laughs> so, and I guess that's probably, regardless of the position you're in in your business right now, regardless of what you think that this crisis will mean for you and your business, now is the time for you to lay the foundation in good marketing. You, because yeah. whether it bounces back quickly or not, or whether it takes 12 months for your customers to start trickle through the door again, and I don't think if you've played this well, that's actually going to happen to you. No. But even if it did... They're still going to come back to you if you've asserted yourself as the expert. They'll trickle back to someone. Exactly. And it goes back to your point earlier, Coxie, that it's not a matter of whether or not they get it done. It's just when and yes. with who. Yes. Now, some people will drop out of the market entirely, the pool thing. You know, maybe they they lost 10 grand on their holiday to Europe because the tickets got cancelled and they didn't have insurance and they set fire to that money. And it's like, well, that's it. That was, you know, that's gone. So I don't think I feel like Putting the pool in now. Yeah, of course. Um, so that's still going to happen. People will drop out of the market, but it's such a small percentage. Mm. And again, based on past observation, when when you sit down and actually look back over history, humans are pretty dumb. We don't learn from our past mistakes very well. Really? <laughs> Come like on now. How many crises and recessions <laughs> and everything has Australia had? Never mind about global catastrophes True. with wars mm. and natural disasters and pandemics and everything else, political unrest. And yet we still all lose our minds mm. in a flat panic because, you know, someone got the flu, essentially. Yes. Um, and so. Again, putting aside whatever the medical stuff is, I'm not smart enough to to say whether or not it's a real threat, Um, but you've only got to look at the newspapers Mm. and turn on the nightly news to see how much of a threat this really is to our businesses. I suggest not turning on the nightly news and don't (laughs) read the newspapers (laughs) or use the newspapers for your toilet paper if you didn't manage to get any before the great crisis of toilet paper in Australia. Oh, my gosh. What I suggest you do is you take that time, you actually start to look at some of these numbers in your business. I suggest that you sit down and start mapping out a plan for your future, thinking about what would happen to you and your business if your business or your turnover halved, essentially, and even quartered. Could you cope? What would you need to do in order to keep running if your business... Yeah. Let's have a look at those numbers. Oh, my gosh. Let's see what that looks like. I used to love a good what-if scenario when I had an accounting business. I love a what-if. Spreadsheets and plugging numbers in and go, well, what if our income dropped by 20% in the next three months? Well, you and I will be all right. Yeah, we'll be fine. We can drop. We don't make any now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but seriously, you you know, if you've got a basic budget spreadsheet and, mm. a, and a profit and loss that you pull out of your accounting software, you can run a few scenarios mm. and do a bit of like, well, what if? What if we lost half of our bloody customers? And that's the time at which you stop and you think, okay, well, now I need to look at what the numbers are. Is this staff member performing? Yes. Is that the staff member I might need to let go? Do yep. I need to have a conversation with them now and let them know, look, if things go down the way it looks like they will, you might need need to look for a new job and do i have my hr stuff in order to make so sure. that i've yes, been doing monthly you. reviews to say hey look your production is down mm. we're going to have to make you redundant mm. and then they don't have grounds to come back at you and sue you for a hundred thousand dollars no they don't what else can you trim from your budget what else can you look at now and think now's the time to make those calls to the insurance people? I'm paying five oh, grand a year more than I should. I going to say, not the DeWalt. No, let's give them a call. <laughs> do I really need the new DeWalt? Do I really? Or Milwaukee, really? I don't know. Which, which, which is the flavour of the month at the moment? Depends on which social media fo- person yeah, you follow. Right. Which influencer yes. is using which tool. My children think I'm an influencer. Little do they know I influence no one. You haven't got any free tools for us. 
I'm a bit pissy I've never got any free tools full stop. Come on. If, if The tool companies must all be listening to our podcast. I don't wear bikinis, you see. <laughs> I do. I don't. Well, you <laughs> right if, I'm, if I'm getting a free power tool, I'm donning a bikini. <laughs> I'd even shave. You can do that. I, I just know there's going some of, somebody is going to send us something and I'm going to have to put up with you in a bikini, aren't I? Yes. I'm going to pose for Instagram photos oh, with my big tool. In a bikini. Mitch, I'm putting a call out to you. Let's make this happen. This could be very funny. Mitch and Spoiler, you've got to yeah, find us a tool company. <laughs> what is it with guys on the Gold Coast? I know. They've got a different kind of flavour, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. Anywho, um, so I I think, Coxie, to, to wrap up, I suppose, what we've talked about, um, the way to deal with coronavirus rather than the head in the sand approach or the just laugh it off approach, mm. which is... I'm a bit worried about how much people are just writing it off. Um, I am too. I think it's the typical Australian way. We want to make a joke or take the piss out of the person that bought the toilet paper. I mean, come on, guys. This is actually, whether you believe in it or not, it is going to have some serious impacts on our economy. It's time Mm. to look at this more seriously, particularly from a business point of view. And I think I speak for both of us, Coxie, that our, our opinion on how to deal with that is to really get super serious if you haven't already Mm. about the fundamentals in your business you need to know everything that's going on in your business team productivity marketing roi that's return on investment from your different marketing strategies your financial budgeting needs to be all up to date and you need to be looking at some stress testing have a look at the election last year how much was your revenue down between march and july last year maybe that gives you a guide of to how wildly consumers will react to Mm. a scare and then run that on your current numbers. Have a look at your budget and go, well, what if our overhead stayed the same and we were down 15 or 20%? I know businesses that were down 30% on their monthly invoicing just because we had a bloody election. It's fascinating. It happens every single four-year term. It's not a surprise. Well, it shouldn't be. Interestingly, it doesn't happen so much with a local election or even a state election. It's generally only the federal. And even even with federal, if people think there's going to be a change and everyone wants a change, it's seen as a positive and people don't actually react quite so negatively. But, you know, in 2019, there was this fear. Mm. There's the F word again. Mm -hmm. There was this fear that um, we would have this change from Liberal to Labor, perceived... Um, impact on the economy and everything else. And so people just held their breath and they held their wallets as well. So where do we go for help, Warwick? Um, Lifeline? No. Wrong wrong help. Uh, <laughs> they can help if this is <laughs> if you triggering need some cheap for you. Shoes. Maybe they've got toilet paper. Well, I would not uh, discount that. I'm sure they could help you. God, you throw me under the bus sometimes. <laughs> where can we go for help? Well, that was such a leading question, Nicole. I just ask you what to do. Yeah, you, you tell me to all the time. Business. Of course I do. I'm very good at it. I have a big stick. Look, we have got everything you need to know to um, successfully deal with the impact of the coronavirus in your business. That's a big call. Not your household. <laughs> at the trade desk. We do. And in the drawing board. We do. So the trade desk is your budget DIY friendly version. 50 bucks a month. Everything you need is in the back end of the trade desk in your dashboard. You've got how-to videos. You have scripts. You've got flow charts. You Test have and measure instructions on your marketing. That's right. You've, you've got everything you possibly could need in your business to run a very successful trade business and to get through this bumpy road. If you're a little bit like me and very much like Warwick, and you need a little bit of accountability and a little <laughs> oh. bit of help to implement these things, yep. then the next step up is the drawing board. Yes. And in the drawing board, 
we hold your hand and make sure you get your stuff done. I was going to swear. I nearly caught myself. <laughs> we make sure you get your stuff done. That's well, our job. We hold your hand, but Coxie also likes to punch you in the ribs occasionally. You do the punching or yeah, you do the kicking. I do I'm the punching. The, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's from a place of love, though. It is. But there is a high level of accountability um, and you actually – Pretty much we take all of the resources from the trade desk that you can find in there on the DIY side of things and we actually work with our drawing board members to implement that Correct. And, and get it done Yep. Um, so that they see the results from using those tools much yes. more quickly and at a higher level. Mm. Uh, and there is, you know, uh, I guess a lot of benefit from working alongside other trade business owners mm. in your board. Uh, so just like a board of directors where you're actually pooling your resources and your brain power um, and we're seeing some pretty quick results from people in that regard. Some very exciting results. Yeah, now, like inside of six months, people are seeing really mm, tangible results. So absolutely. Great. If you're a lady listening to this, hello, welcome. Hello, ladies. It's nice to have you hey, here. Ladies. I'm, I hope I'm not the only lady around. <laughs> uh, we are having our first ever Wine Online event. Ooh. How bloody good does that sound? Does that I mean I can't, I can't join in? No. Oh, it's okay. just for the ladies only. I'm gonna I'm gonna get my wife to sit in and, and report I'll just back stand to you in the background. <laughs> she's gonna tattle to you. I would like your wife to be there. But gents, if you've got a wife who helps you out in the business, or you'd like her to be helping out in the business, perhaps she'd like to join in. And our wine online event will be on the 17th of March. It's a Tuesday at 7 p.m. Brisbane time. Now, if you jump over to the Facebook page or the Facebook group, you'll find more information there on how to register. But essentially, we're going to get together. We're going to have a chat. I'm going to take the ladies through our brand new lady-only drawing board. Now, the reason we do this, I I have had a little bit of critical feedback on this one. (laughs) But as women in trade businesses, we face a really different set of challenges than men. Now, of course, it would always be ideal for husband and wife to come together or partners to come together and join a drawing board together. However, that's not always possible or practical. We have many tradies that are working far, far too hard and they just don't feel they can make the time to take that coaching on board. However, as wives and partners, we have an awful lot of value that we can give to the business to help the business get to the point where you can both turn up for an hour or two a week for your coaching to help you grow or at least change your business, grow your profit. It doesn't have to be grow the business because you want 10 employees. It might just be that you want to implement some change that means you actually get to make some profit that you actually get to pay yourself a good wage. Or work less hours in the business. Oh, thank you very much. Sorry. Take a holiday. Thunder there. You can yeah. have a holiday. <laughs> a holiday. So we're going to have a chat to the ladies. We're going to explain to them what's going on because we've had dozens of questions since we announced this. We've almost filled the first board, so we're going to open up a second one. That's how many women we have keen to work together to implement change in their trade business. Really exciting time. This is what I had to do all on my own ages ago when everything went wrong in our business. It's really scary. It's 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 scary for men too. Please, I'm not discounting what the guys go through. But it's really different when you haven't grown up a tradie. It's really different even just to be able to have a conversation with a supplier in which you're taken seriously as a business owner, not looked at differently because you're a woman. So we're going to talk through all of those kind of challenges. We're going to understand what the drawing board is. And then if that sounds like something that might be helpful for you and your business, then we're going to get excited together. Yay. I know. <laughs> I was trying to do it. Feminine voice. That's terrible. Didn't work. Yep. This is why I'm not invited. Absolutely. <laughs> so, if you want to find out more, hit us up, tradiesandbusiness.com.au. Head over, A-U, not A-U. Head on over to the Facebook page, Tradies and Business, or the Facebook group, 
coincidentally enough, called Tradies and Business. Mm. And you'll find out more information there. (laughs) Or you can always personally DM us. I do have a lot of women personally DM me. I'm more than open to that anytime. You can find me on Facebook, Nicole Cox. If you're really lucky, you could probably do it to Warwick too. He's getting real upset now because he's not getting any chance to talk on the podcast. I'm just checking out. I was actually watching one of those geckos run across the windowsill. Well, we got a lot of geckos. I was hoping it wasn't going to make a noise and ruin our podcast. No. Gecko (laughs) just fried the motherboard on yet another air conditioner in my house. Oh, no. Fortunately, well, not fortunately, but it was a new air conditioner, which means I can at least get the part to fix it. I wonder how many electricians have put that in their email marketing to go out to their database of clients so that they know that that's something they should be worried about. So if you're an electrician and you're listening, that should be something you're doing. Our guys sell a cleaning package every year and then they put this block thing on your mm-hmm. something on some part of your downstairs bit of your air conditioner so that they, they don't come back for 12 months. I don't actually know if it it's works or not. good thing you're really good at the business side of being a tradie. <laughs> I suck at the trade, but I'll do the business bit. Uh, well, there you go. That's our response to coronavirus and uh, what you can do to actually protect yourself against the economic impact of it. If you need help, hit us up. That's what we're there for. Yeah. Ask us. Thanks for being here. Hooray. You've been listening to the Tradies and Business podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesandbusiness.com.au.